Part two of the Mormon marriage system, according to Joseph Musser, next on Polygamy. What love is this? Last time we started a review of the book written by Joseph Musser, a Mormon fundamentalist who taught deep doctrines about Mormon celestial marriage, which of course is polygamy. And this time we're going to finish our review as we continue through his book entitled Celestial or Plural Marriage, The Mormon Marriage System. It was copyrighted in 1944 by a polygamist publishing company called Truth Publishing, uh -huh. and it was in Salt Lake City, Utah. Now, we began at the foreword of his book, which overflows with doctrinal error based on mere assumptions. And as we mentioned last time, our standard to point out errors is always the Bible. We use the Bible to prove or disprove every, everything that the Mormons and the polygamists teach because they all claim that God said, and it's spiritual suicide to just sit back and believe something without investigating its reliability and if God really said it. So we begin where we left off last time in the forward section of his book, and as Musser finishes his explanation in presenting his arguments for polygamy, he said this. <laughs> It is hoped that these pages will reveal truth of everlasting value to the children of God, while also revealing the inadequacy of the monogamic, is that how you say it? Monogamic uh, <laughs> system of marriage as a universal law. Now, last time he says monogamy <laughs> failed, right? right? <laughs> yep. So here he's saying it's inadequate. Uh, now, both the Old Testament and the New Testament teach that monogamy is God's idea. Yes. <laughs> so how can he say that monogamy is inadequate? Uh, inadequate for who? The male? Uh, inadequate in what ways? We'd like some adequate answers, actually, that have a foundation in a, in a biblical truth. We can't just take what they claim at face value. Actually, the opposite is true. All instances of polygamy in the Bible are negative, contentious, and bitter experiences. It is polygamy that is inadequate, not monogamy. Yeah, he goes on to say this. The word celestial or plural marriage, we hope, will find lodgment in the hearts of the honest, convincing them of the superiority of God's system of marriage over that of the world. Written by Joseph Musser. <laughs> right, and that's, that concludes his forward section of the book. Now, he ends it by speaking to Mormon fundamentalists and to Mormons who were seeking their polygamous roots, hoping that his words and reasoning would find home in honest hearts. But honest hearts would seek the validity of everything that Musser wrote. An honest heart will not take the word of any man, but seek out the truth of God alone. And that truth is found in the Bible. Not a surface reading of the Bible, by the way, but a realistic, honest, open-hearted eagerness and willingness to change previous opinions and thinking. Deep study discovers the treasures of God's Word. Sadly, that is not the learning or study habits of Mormonism. There's no willingness to look at the other sides of their issues. Now, John Taylor was a Mormon president and prophet, and he was a polygamist, and we have another quote from him. Yeah, from the Journal of Discourses. We have entered into sacred covenants with the Lord, and He expects us to fulfill our covenants, and those who do not fulfill them will be condemned. There are certain rules and regulations that exist in the heavens as well as on the earth. 
We are told that before we can enter into the celestial kingdom of God, we shall have to pass by the angels and the gods, and if the Latter-day Saints aim at a celestial exaltation, they must live and abide by the celestial law, or they will not get it any more than the Gentiles will. Now, that celestial law is polygamy. That's their code word for plural marriage. Now, covenants that they call sacred are the plural marriage covenants. And Taylor taught very clearly here that there will be no celestial exaltation without polygamy. Now, if Taylor was a true prophet of God, this statement of polygamy for exaltation would never change. It would never be set aside. It would never be ignored or denied as the modern LDS church has done. At the same time, God is described as being love. God is love, 1 John tells us. God is love, yet he demands a woman to share her husband with other women? What love is this? God is love, yet he demands a father, sire, so many children from multiple women that neither he nor the children have a proper relationship with each other? What love is that? It certainly isn't describing God's love. Yet the Mormon fundamentalist teachers do not refer, and I found this very profound in my own experience, the fundamentalist teachers do not refer to God's love or his grace when teaching and preaching about polygamy. Their teachings instead are always firm and rigid and patriarchal and demanding and threatening and laced with fear for those who refuse to comply. What love is that? What love is that? (laughs) Exactly. The next quote from Musser's teaching is by Brigham Young, which Musser quotes as the reason behind plural marriage. Yeah, this is in volume six of the Journal of Discourses. It is all connected with the exaltation of man, showing how he becomes exalted to be a king and a priest, yea, even a god like his father in heaven. Without the doctrine that this revelation reveals, no man on earth could ever be exalted to be a god. Well, no man on earth will ever be exalted to be a god, despite what he says at all. So proud, so arrogant. (laughs) I know. Yeah. But that's what the polygamists and the Mormons believe. They can become gods. Uh, Today's polygamists and early Mormons teach the false doctrine of exaltation of man to the end that they will become a god. And, of course, that is totally man-centered. Christianity is totally Jesus-centered. So there's a, a, a total opposite there. And that man may become a god or like God was first used by Satan in the Garden of Eden. And it resulted in the fall of humanity into his sinful condition. The devil and his demons were expelled from heaven because of their rebellion against God and because of Satan's attempt to become like God. It was a lie from the beginning and it's still a lie today. No man, no human will ever become a God or like our God. We have God's own testimony as proof. Yeah, isn't this, these are great. From Isaiah chapter 43 and chapter 44. Ye are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. And is there a God, is there any God besides me? No, there is no other rock, I know not one. Well, if God doesn't know of any others, then there must not be any others. I was having conversation with a Mormon on this, and he said, well, the context of that is idolatry. It's not whether there's other gods. Well, 
That's not what that says. That's not what that says. Of course, there is idolatry in, in the entire passage, but that is not what that says. There's only one God, and God said so, and we really need to accept his testimony about himself. And yet Brigham Young, Joseph Musser, and all the Mormon polygamists teach that Mormons can become gods, especially polygamous Mormons. So who are you going to believe? Musser goes on to teach about Joseph Smith's polygamous ventures. Mm-hmm. The principle was taught to those of his associates in the priesthood whom the prophet felt to trust, it not being deemed wise to attempt to publicize the law at that time among a people not prepared to receive it. As it was, the public, aroused by intimations of the fact, became fiendishly hostile, resulting in the martyrdom of Joseph and Hiram Smith, June 27 of 1844. Satan not only arousing his, aroused his following to acts of atrociousness against the saints, but prompted the enactment of laws wholly unconstitutional in their character, prohibiting this form of marriage. Under Satan's gospel, monogamy is the marriage system with bachelorhood the ideal and sexual promiscuity the rule. Oh my, you know, this is so riveting there. Huh? I know, blatant statements. Yeah. And we'll try and explain through some of it. Of course, we don't have time to deal with everything the way it should be. But polygamy, he said polygamy was taught only to those people that Joseph could trust because uh, the rest of the people were not prepared for it. Now, I've... I've heard a lot of polygamists who had false prophecies and Mormon from the Mormon church as well about their false prophecies. And they say, well, the people weren't ready to receive it. So that is just a normal ploy in Mormonism to say the people weren't ready to receive it. And we say baloney. You know, if God waited until humans were ready for his teachings, there never would be any. He'd wait forever. We are never ready to give up our own will for God's will. This whole thing of polygamy is proof. It's only his grace that makes it happen. And God has given all his commands already. There are the Ten Commandments. No polygamy there. And then uh, after the 10, there are over 600 regulating commandments, further commandments. None of them commanded polygamy, but did include regulations, both civil and ceremonial, which God gave when he was ready. None were withheld because the people were not ready. We wait on God. He does not wait on us. The second thing he said, when the public found out about polygamy, they were fiendishly hostile, and it resulted in Joseph and Hiram's death. Well, Joseph and Hiram were in jail because they destroyed the Nauvoo Expositor printing press. Historical accuracy is lacking in all of Mormonism, obviously, in polygamy historians yeah, as well. Like and Musser blamed Satan for the enactment of laws to protect monogamous marriages. In reality, the opposite is true. Satan destroys what God created. He doesn't protect it. It is Satan who changed the monogamous system to polygamy, as proven by the first polygamist, the son of Cain. Now, sadly, Musser labels monogamy and bachelorhood as from the devil. And he treads on very dangerous grounds here because God said something else. First Corinthians chapter 7 explains that if anyone doesn't want to be married, they are free under God's rule to stay single. Yeah. And he's attributing that to the devil. 
uh, and then Musser says that Satan's gospel is monogamy. Well, the word for gospel means good news. The devil doesn't have good news. Now, he may make you feel good on as you travel the wide road to destruction, but the devil has no real gospel. Musser's statements are false wisdom making God's truths profane. And when I was thinking of this false wisdom, a scripture came to mind, and that's the next quote. It says 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate, where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? And he's using all of this odd wisdom to make all these blatant statements yeah. that have no basis or foundation in biblical truth. And the message of the cross of Jesus Christ is the only message we need to know about and believe in order to be suited for heaven. But they have made polygamy the message for eternal life rather than the mm. cross. Their message is mere foolishness, which is even more obvious as we see in our next quote. Yeah, I had never heard this before. <laughs> <clears throat> it should be remembered that the term Eve is a title or an office and doesn't necessarily refer to a specific individual. And it is but reasonable to assume that Father Adam was assisted in his work of beginning the population of Earth by more than one Eve. Brigham Young said when our Father Adam came into the Garden of Eden, he came into it with a celestial body and brought Eve, one of his wives, with him. That's from the Journal of Discourses. This, of course, is a clear implication that Adam had more than one wife, and at least one of them came with him. Since then, the principle of since then the pr principle of monogamy does not obtain in the celestial kingdom, and plural marriage does. We must conclude that monogamy is Satan's system of marriage, while polygamy, under divine sanction, is the Lord's. Oh, you wow. know <laughs> that is a big wow. They're attributing what God did to Satan and what Satan is doing as being the righteous yeah. way to do it and it's just it's just another whopper well since the principle of monogamy does not obtain celestial kingdom and the plural marriage does mm -hmm. you have to conclude that monogamy is satan's system yeah. what logic yeah <laughs> and yet it was god who said the man and the woman one man and one woman yeah. will be one flesh <laughs> and then where did he get the idea that eve is not a name but a title or an office, a Isn't position. That, I've never heard that before. Uh, it, it obviously comes from Brigham Young's Adam God idea, and no, and the quote there of <clears throat> bringing many wives with or many wives with him. But he didn't come with a celestial body. He came. The Bible tells us how Adam was formed. That's right. He, and, and it wasn't a celestial body. It seems like from Joseph Smith onward. These men just manufacture these religious <laughs> ideas in their heads, and then they write them down as though God inspired them, and then they pass them on to other men yeah. who add their two cents worth, and, and then they pass it on to others, and on and on it goes. And they're not even held accountable to present proof of evidence of their statements, even though they contradict everything that has been known and taught for the previous thousands of years. What I think is interesting is the church and the polygamists end up getting stuck with these <laughs> yeah. principles and these th th 
philosophical ideas, and they really don't have any basis in fact. They're just, well, well that's what we believe. That's you know? what that's we what believe. And, and so they put it on their shelf, you know, yeah. if they can't answer all of those questions that's that come right. along with it. Yeah. And what's odd, too, is that they claim that God doesn't change. But then they proceed to make change, changes of <laughs> who God is and what he said. I, I don't know how this can be. Uh, Musser can just say that Eve is not a person, but is a position, and that makes it true. Yeah, that's not what Genesis 3.20 says. It says, Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. So Eve was a wife. Sounds like it. And, and was a name of a person. Yeah. And, and God records in the Bible how Adam gave Eve her name. Adam didn't marry a title. Adam didn't marry a office. Did, how would that work? Yeah. You know, of course, these statements are all based on Brigham Young's revelation that Adam is our God. Again, Musser just says monogamy is from the devil, and that makes it true. Because he said polygamy is a divine institution, that makes it true. They need to be held accountable for this kind of nonsense. And every Mormon, if they believe their previous presidents were truly prophets, they better get down to the practice of polygamy. Because according to them, monogamy is of the devil. John Taylor and others said so. Yeah, a little more from Joseph Musser. <laughs> it must be apparent to the reader that God's laws are eternal, that a law which was necessary for Abraham to live in order to attain to attain to eternal lives was also necessary for Jesus Christ. Eternal laws have eternal application. We quote from the late President Joseph F. Smith, Jesus Christ never omitted the fulfillment of a single law that God has made known for the salvation of the children of men. It would not have done for him to have come and obeyed one law and neglected or rejected another. He could not consistently do that and then say to mankind, follow me which is, I guess he's implying, of course, mm -hmm. that he should be living was a polygamist. That, yeah. that he was a polygamist because he couldn't break the law. Now, yeah. the fact is that Jesus couldn't break the law, but what they do is they take a, an intricate truth of the Bible and then they add to it, turning it into a lie. <laughs> they, the early Mormons and uh, contemporary LDS and all Mormon polygamous doctrine is that Jesus Christ was a polygamist. Mm. I was taught that growing up. Yeah. And now here, Musser writes that Jesus had to obey every single law, and because they they believe God's law is polygamy, Jesus could not have rejected that practice. He must have been a polygamist. But again, the opposite is true. Now, we've covered this in past shows, but the context of Musser's remarks require we cover what the Bible says about this once again. And we begin with Deuteronomy 17, 17. The king, moreover, must not acquire great numbers of horses for himself or make the people return to Egypt to get more of them, for the Lord has told you you are not to go back that way again. He must not take many wives or his heart will be led astray. Now, we would probably, polygamous Mormons, Christians, we probably all agree that Jesus Christ is king of kings. He would not be keeping God's law as king of kings if he was a polygamist. He would be breaking it because the kings were not to be polygamous. They were not to take many wives. 
good point. Now, not only that, many Mormon polygamists say that Jesus was married to Mary and to her sister Martha and to Mary Magdalene and possibly many others. But God commanded against the king taking plural wives and commanded everyone to never marry sisters as rival wives, Leviticus 18. Yeah. And Mary and Martha were sisters. Right. Do not take your wife's sister as a rival wife and have sexual relations with her while your wife is living. So, we've just proven through two scriptures that Jesus was not a lawbreaker, which he would have been if he had been a polygamist. And finally, they all refer to Abraham as having been a polygamist. Some say he had many plural wives, other than that, uh, others that God gave him all of his wives, and that the law of Abraham was established, which Mormon polygamists are required to follow. But read Genesis chapter 16, and you will see that God had nothing to do with Hagar being given to Abraham as a plural wife. Sarah did that. And it ended up being terribly hurtful. Hagar was chased out of the house, but God had mercy on her and told her to go back and remain as Sarah's housemaid, not as a wife to Abraham. He did not tell her to be his wife. And she only had one child, Ishmael, which clearly shows that there was no more husband-wife activity between Abraham and Hagar. Abraham later married a woman named Keturah, but that was years later after Sarah passed away. So there's no law of Abraham, and even if there was, the complete story is told in Genesis chapter 21 and in Galatians, where it is explained that the extra woman and her child was commanded by God to be sent away. That is the law of Abraham. So we'll quote those verses for yeah, you. Yeah, verses 9 through 14. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had borne to Abraham was mocking. And she said to Abraham, Get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, Do not be so distressed about, your, about the boy and your maidservant. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the maidservant into a nation also, because he is your offspring. Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. And he set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. And from Galatians 4, verse 30, it says, But what does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. So that's the law of Abraham. Yeah. And notice in both of these passages, Hagar is never referred to as Abraham's wife, right. but as a maidservant to, to Sarah in Genesis and as a slave woman in yeah. Galatians, never as the wife of Abraham. There is no scriptural evidence to back up the claims of Mormons or polygamists regarding the topic of polygamy. God does not contradict himself. The Bible prohibits polygamy. Joseph Smith overturned what God had commanded. There is no information or evidence anywhere other than Mormon prophets' own imagination. Therefore, <laughs> we cannot accept polygamy or celestial marriage or exaltation that makes men gods or this book. <laughs> Were you aware of this book as a uh, 
polygamist? No. Mm-mm. No. No. Somebody gave me a whole bunch of old books, and this was among them. Oh. Uh, and some of them old literature, and this was among them. And you, I thought, wow, that would make good basis. you think it was spread basis. around a lot to the other polygamist groups? Well, it, it came from a, a magazine publication called The Truth. Uh-huh. And, and I think this came from Volume 6, or... Most of it came from Volume 6. So it was a publication that went out to probably a lot of the polygamists, a lot of the more fundamentalists. Support their position as polygamists. Much like, have you read The Seer by Orson Pratt? Uh Uh-huh, I have. It it kind of reminds me of that, that they just, you know, Orson Pratt, he thought he was the intelligence of the day. (laughs) And and he said a lot, made a lot of statements that weren't true. And then after he made the untrue statements, he would say, and now that we've shown this to be true, then this must be true. Right. So they're basing everything on on untruths and building on it. Yeah. Yeah. And then build on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a... And it just, none of it makes any sense. None of it can be true. And it's so contradictory to what God said. Yeah. And, And what amazes me is... The LDS Church, which which we've talked about, and the polygamy groups all teach morality, sexual morality, especially chastity. Yeah. They all teach that, oh, yeah. and yet their foundation is the opposite, yeah. and their teaching is the opposite. Orson Pratt said in the book The Seer that it would be treating woman unequal if she fell in love with the married man and was and was unable to marry him. We talked about that last time. Mm. That she should have the right, that, that infringes upon her rights to marry the man she wants to just because he's married. Now, what kind, <laughs> y- y- that's adultery. Yeah. And it didn't apply to Joseph Smith, though, to marry yeah. other men's wives. And, and he married other men's wives and told her, um, would tell the wives, well, this is what God wants, and you'll be my wife in eternity, blah, 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 blah. So he forced her, by God's command, yeah. to have two husbands. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Just doesn't. <laughs> and and I, I, I just think, I just, we just want people to look through these, check it out, you yeah. know, look at what they teach and, and the morality that the Bible teaches, and you'll find that they cannot be compatible. Well, and I think the answer came in our last, uh, our last visit here was where Joseph Smith took care of the civil law so that yeah. what he was doing was all spiritual. And, yeah, and, all uh, spiritual. Okayed by God. God said, and yeah. so therefore uh, that makes it. Yeah. Okay, well, the unbiblical doctrines and teachings of polygamy by the LDS Church of Mormon Fundamentalists have been covered pretty well <laughs> by Joseph Muster. Thanks again, Earl, for, for being with, <laughs> with this program. You know, polygamists often use what they call the law of Abraham to manipulate men's minds into accepting polygamy. And then they use what they call the law of Sarah to manipulate women's minds into accepting her husband's polygamy. However, neither law is in the Bible. Abraham and Sarah, of course, are both biblical characters, but they both were sinners in need of a savior. But there are no laws of polygamy established in their names. In fact, the Bible clearly teaches that by no law will anyone ever be justified. It is only by grace through faith that God will allow anyone into his eternal glory. Both Abraham and Sarah received God's grace because they both believed God. We pray that our Mormon and polygamous viewers reject all the religious laws of man and embrace God's law of grace, love, and mercy. Thank you for watching.
This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.